Welcome back, bros. We are here with Jovana Voinovich of nomadcapitalist.com. Now, I have been a follower of nomadcapitalist.com for many, many years. And if you're a nomad, you probably have to check out their website if you haven't, guys. Nomadcapitalist.com. We're talking about flag theory. We're talking about lifestyle design. We're talking about offshore banking. We're talking about plan B slash getting a second passport slash second citizenship. We're talking about nomad lifestyle all around optimizing your life to be location independent and optimized no matter where you are in the world. So Yovana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, so where, where are you uh, located currently? Yeah, I'm currently located in uh, Belgrade, Serbia. Okay. Awesome. Are you from there or? Yes, I'm actually uh, from from Serbia. I'm spending quite a lot of time traveling around, but let's say this is one of one of my bases. Awesome. So, uh, so yeah, guys, she's a, a senior director at Nomad Capitalist, and today uh, we're just going to talk about a bunch of things, have a conversation about trends uh, and how to optimize your your nomad life. So yeah, let's start um, over the general topic of like trends that you're seeing today. What are, for someone like me, I'm a digital nomad and I'm an American specifically. I run my company remotely, all right? So my company is in, in the US. What, what are the things that you're typically seeing? What things should I look out for? And like, what are the trends or you know things that I should know these days? Oh, sure. Oh, well, there's actually a lot of things that, you know, the person who has a company and you know, is running a company really needs to uh, be aware uh, when uh, you know choosing this lifestyle. Obviously, for for U.S. citizen is a bit different compared to uh, to other citizens of the world, given that very unique tax system that the U.S. has, which is citizenship based taxation. Again, no one besides Eritrea and we believe North Korea has it, so we are in a good company there. Um, but uh, yeah, so obviously we were all realizing nowadays that uh, digital nomadism and this kind of trend of um, uh, remote work and just being able to uh, to work from anywhere is increased after COVID uh, specifically. Uh, like up until then, obviously you had a group of, I would say most of people consider them like enthusiasts <laughs> that were, you know, living and traveling and working mm -hmm. uh, that way. But, um, you know, now looking back and that it was not necessarily uh, a big group of people. But after, definitely after pandemic, we, we see uh, more, and more people opting for this kind of lifestyle uh, and more and more people who did not necessarily previously thought about it uh, starting to explore this idea so for some it is um, you know just uh, working remotely uh, in some cases maybe working from a different state in the US obviously we see um, you know big uh, big migration within the states uh, in the US but you know for some others it might be um, definitely moving full-time or part-time or just on a temporarily basis to other countries so what was really interesting for me to see is that you kind of have a clear pandemic as a clear card um, is that before it I would say Southeast Asia was really big hub for nomads which still is uh, but I'm seeing more and more people definitely choosing Central and Latin America um, and it 
probably has something to do with uh, with their treatment of uh, of pandemic. Because if we go back, we see that Southeast Asia was closed for most of the countries there were closed for a very long time, and they have very strict mandates. On the other side. Um, a lot of Central American and Latin American countries were, if not widely open, they were at least more flexible. They, um, you know, they have very extensive mandates. They uh, are allowing people in, um, and I believe that's the reason why uh, we see more and more nomads opting for that area compared to what was happening before, uh, before pandemic. So, as an American. It's very unique that we have the citizenship-based taxation, and so for people that don't know, what is this second passport thing, and why would someone want to get a second passport specifically as an American, and does that usually come along with renouncing your U.S. citizenship? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well. I think uh, also this is something that was increasingly happening during and after after COVID pandemic. So obviously you had people, and we can you know say usually ultra high net worth people, that were thinking or having second passport uh, before it. But during during this couple of years, um, I think everyone realized that their freedoms at certain way it, it might be interrupted or they might not be allowed uh, to move out freely or travel freely so i think many people realize that this or having the second passport or a second residence is not just a rich kids game right um so there are different ways to to get um a second passport um, and really prepare yourself for anything that might come up in the future and really make sure that you do have um, travel freedom, if, uh, if nothing, that in a moment where you maybe disagree with certain policies, you can leave uh, or, you know, obviously in terms of if we're speaking just about uh, traveling the world, that you do have access to uh, more countries and that you have access to more opportunities. It might sound weird. Uh, I know U.S. citizens usually have a very, very centralistic <laughs> um, views on uh, U.S. passport in the world, and they really do think that um, you know they are always treated amazingly in every single country. Uh, but it might not necessarily always be the case, right? Um, as a U.S. citizen. Let's say you might not necessarily have um, an access to um, certain certain diversification opportunities, certain banking opportunities, certain investment opportunities. Again, which kind of checks all the boxes when you are speaking really about diversification. So, um, not only that it gives you kind of travel freedom, but just having a citizenship of a different country uh, definitely means more opportunities for you. Um, and your wealth. Um, so again, so, so, some citizens in other countries in the world are definitely treated best, so uh, better than the U.S. So when we're looking, and I'm not speaking here about like you know Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, you know blacklisted countries where you kind of cannot get in. Um, so you know having a second passport will allow you to get in those countries. I'm not speaking about that. So 
even if you're looking into, let's say, uh, something that is kind of very prestige, like uh, having a bank account in Switzerland, U.S. citizens have a lot of difficulties there, and they don't have the same options as other citizens to to invest in, and there are obviously a, a lots of different restrictions. And this is pretty much the um, similar thing in in other countries, right? Uh, where so just if we are kind of comparing that kind of access, let's say I have a Serbian passport, which if you're looking at visa-free traveling, um, you know, U.S. is better, right? Uh, but if I go to Swiss bank and you go to Swiss bank and let's say we have the same amount of money on our accounts and we're from coming from the same business background, I will have a more preferential treatment than you do. And I will probably be allowed to open a bank account and do a different kind of investment uh, while you will probably be rejected, right? So it is also connected to kind of having the access to different um, different opportunities. And what we're doing here is, um, you know, we usually are looking into kind of building a passport portfolio or different immigration options um, that are very well complementary with each other, right? Um, so we're not looking to, for, for our clients, okay, it, it might happen, but if you have a U.S. or Canadian or U.K. passport, they are usually the same quality passports. Um, and um, what would do better for you in this case, instead of getting, let's say, U.S. and U.K. and a Canadian and things like that, um, if you have, like, let's say, a passport that connects East and West and uh, bring it, you know, all together, and that will kind of give you the ultimate access to um, different opportunities. If you're a, if you're a, a high net worth individual American, um, what are the most common countries that you see um, them uh, get the second citizenship? Uh, sure. Uh, well, first of all, it kind of depends on what your goals are. And what is your... Let's say my goal is to minimize taxes how want uh, to... the most possible. Uh, sure. So there are only a couple of options for U.S. citizens to, to minimize taxes. Obviously, that is with foreign earned income exclusion and kind of setting up a bit different corporate structure. It is with moving to Puerto Rico, which is, uh, I think, very popular for crypto guys that um, you know want to lock their uh, capital gain tax. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously, kind of the ultimate way is renunciation. My personal opinion and something that we advise our client is that taxes cannot be the only reason why you want to renounce. And we often get people that say, yeah, I really want to get rid of U.S. taxes. Uh, you know, it's too much. I want to do, I, I can do better somewhere else. Uh, and then they kind of come back with a question. OK, if I renounce how much time I can spend in the U.S.? I need to spend, let's say, six or seven months in the U.S., but I still want to renounce. Why would you do that? Um, so if you spend six months in the U.S. on whichever passport, you will be a tax resident. Um, wow. So you will still pay U.S. taxes. Um, so so why would you... Six months or more, you're, you have to pay U.S. taxes? Yeah. So foreigners do, do, who are spend more, more than that do have to. Or, you know, there are different closer connection tests that also can be... Um, can trigger U.S. taxes. Um, so why would you renounce your citizenship? Obviously, first of all, obtain the second or 
whatever number passport, um, you know, renounce, go through that so that you can again fell into your tax bracket. Or even people that sometimes say, okay, well, I don't have a need to spend. I might occasionally get back, uh, but um, you know, I want to do that because of taxes. There is likely you know, possibility of you regretting it at some moment is really high. Um, because you know, down the line, you might have a need to go back. You might not necessarily be allowed, right? If you have, a, if you have a passport that needs to go through visa process for the U.S., you might be rejected. That's something that, you know, before you even go through a renunciation process, you need to be aware. Like, are you are you okay with that? That you might not be able to get back. And if so, then you know, then fine. Uh, but if there is any doubt, you know, sit through it, think about it. Let's say, let's look into different ways. Um, we also have a lot of people that come in. Obviously, they heard we we do speak about it. A lot other people speak about it. Um, they heard it sounds, you know, n- nice to some some people, but then you know, th- there there's this kind of whole emotional element in in that. So it's better to really thinking through. Um, and in the meantime, um, you know, check other countries, see if you feel better somewhere else, um, really kind of explore the world. And of course, if, if your initiation is still what you want to do, then yes. But we, we had a very interesting couple back then um, who was really traveling very, very limited um, during their lifetime. So they only visited a couple of places around the world. And they were certain that they do want to renounce, um, which is something in, in, in this case we did not recommend um, just because they had said, you know, they haven't seen the world, they haven't seen what it's like to live in other countries. So it's a big drastic step from spending almost your whole life in one country um, to kind of completely relocating somewhere else or to multiple places cutting all connections with that country, it is a drastic step and it needs to be considered as as such. Uh, Obviously, uh, you know, there are people who are very well ready to do so. Um, As I said, we see a lot of people uh, doing doing it, not not necessarily for tax reason as a first reason, but um, really because they disagree with certain policies, disagree what is uh, what is it uh, to be American nowadays. Um, so they're doing it more as a patriotic um, yeah, act. Yeah, philosophical um, reason. Yeah, but... Is it like, um, mm-hmm. is it quite, let's say I renounce and I go get UK citizenship, uh, I leave my UK citizenship, is it possible 20 years later to get US citizenship again? Well, theoretically, it's possible. Doesn't happen in practice. Oh, so so okay. you would have to go through the whole naturalization procedure, like um, to to, yeah. to get back to the U.S., Got leave, it. and and then wait. And so, to other be than other than tax, uh, other than citizenship, what are uh, what are the most common things you see high net worth individuals, Americans, do to minimize taxes? 
Well, citizenship, this is a common misconception. Just by having a second citizenship, you cannot immediately renounce. Uh, you cannot immediately uh, reduce your taxes. Um, and I see people thinking in that direction. Okay, if I get, um, you know, a second citizenship from a zero tax country, let's say some of the Caribbean countries, um, yeah, I'm I'm good to go. I just move there and I don't pay any taxes and I'm good to go. So it's mm -hmm. it's really not like that, obviously. Um, but what wh what are the other things that they are doing? Yeah. Uh, I think they're very big on diversification now. Um, this is kind of focal point, especially given all the um, all the events that were happening in recent days, like bank collapse, um, you know, skyrocket inflation in a lot of countries. Um, so you ask things, six percent inflation is an issue. <laughs> you know, go mm -hmm. to Venezuela or Turkey. Mm -hmm. um, so they're really thinking about best ways to to diversify their assets. Um, uh, you know, and obviously ensuring that kind of wealth is protected with, um, you know, different corporate setups and, and, and trusts. So that would be a, a big thing. What I'm also seeing is very interesting. You know, we kind of have this inherited attitude that a lot of people who are in the IT industry, especially, um, are are looking for to to go to Silicon Valley and uh, really building their businesses uh, there. Um, it seems that Dubai is now really becoming really big on IT industry. Um, a lot of um, a lot of companies, um, they're big, very well known companies, are now incorporated there. Um, one of the reasons why is that is just because you have such easier way to attract talents um, so they don't have to, to to worry about how will they you know hire top talents in um, uh, in Dubai you can just bring them in very easily 10 days procedure couple signatures that's it um, compared to um, rules in the US where you're let's say kind of limited on uh, on hiring um, in the US so see a lot of people now um, willing to expand that um, that pool of talents by uh, incorporating and setting up businesses in a more friendlier jurisdiction um, mm -hmm. so yeah that has also been kind of a, a big trend in the last uh, couple of years gotcha um, what is what is a golden visa? I see that uh, next to investment in immigration. Uh, sure. So golden visa programs are immigration programs that are kind of a bit special in terms of the access that they give you. It is commonly referred um, to European Union programs that will give you uh, temporary or permanent residence in some cases where basically, um, you know, by becoming a resident of EU, um, you kind of do have, um, of one EU country, you do have access to uh, different ones. So obviously citizenship is possible down the road. Uh, per, um, ability to, you know, physical presence requirement uh, might be different. In some cases, it is not required at all. Um, in some cases, it is. So why those kind of programs are good? Uh, obviously, those programs are 
on an expensier side, you know, if you go, you, you can see that at least quarter of a million of euros will be required to get get in uh, in EU. But um, they're good because, again, you can, but you don't have to uh, spend time in the country in order to maintain it, uh, which is a good feature for people that just require access to EU uh, or they just want to have, let's say, one of bases, they, they want to travel around, uh, or they might have to do some businesses in other countries. So they cannot commit their time uh, and uh, spend a lot of time in one country. Uh, obviously, if you want, you can. If you want to live there full time, you can. You have access to you know, schools, edu uh, whole educational system or medical um, system, access to other uh, EU countries. But, and obviously, what is the big advantage of those programs <clears throat> is that for most of those, you do have an opportunity to get citizenship down the road. So Portugal was massive. Um, mm -hmm. um, when it comes to number of application for a golden visa, just because it was a good deal, right? You invest in real estate or you invest in um, different funds, you get um, uh, residence. It was a temporary residence, but um, you get it. You don't have to spend time. You get citizenship at, let's say, uh, five to seven years down the road. Um, mm language requirement for citizenship was pretty low um, you didn't have to spend time there so just by simply investing and let's say spending a holiday uh, in portugal you were able to get citizenship in a couple of years down the road and very good uh, very good passport um, mm -hmm. and obviously access to the whole eu on the other side obviously mm -hmm. they're now canceling that program um, most likely mm. because it caused um, a housing crisis, apparently, but in most of the cases, the pressure is coming from the EU to cancel those programs. On the mm. other side, you have Greece, also a very similar program, uh, but with one key difference. In order to get like, uh, Greek citizenship, you have to uh, spend some time in the country and you can get it theoretically seven years down the road, uh, but they are requiring, uh, they require uh, you to know uh, Greek very well, uh, mm. which is mission impossible for most of people. Mm. Um, it's a very difficult uh, language. Also, you need to kind of pass history tests, civil tests, and uh, a couple yeah. other things. Uh, and so it's a very hard to get it down the road, but as a residence option, it's, it's a very nice one. Uh, obviously, they might ease citizenship requirements um, since, um, you know, Portugal is now going away. They, they may pretty much replicate it. Uh, but um, again, Greece is giving in very interesting uh, tax advantages to certain people. Um, uh, so overall, it's a um, it's kind of very good program if you want to to live there, if you want to have or live actually anywhere in the EU. Uh, but if you are looking for a citizenship down the road, it's probably not the way to go just because it's almost impossible. Like if you're looking for records, how many people got it um, in the last couple of years, it's a very low number. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. Can you talk about a little bit about um, Nomad Capitalist and the services that that you provide to clients and like uh, just so let my audience know like what you guys do if they're curious uh, like what you what you guys help with. Uh, sure. Uh, I will. Can I get back to that in a, in a moment? Just wanted to sure. make a note to what your previous question was. Um, okay. It was kind of how people can get it, uh, can get the second uh, second passport. Um, I mean, as I said, it, it's no longer uh, considered as a rich kids game uh, just mm -hmm. because, you know, you have so many options. And uh, what most of U.S. citizens do not realize is that they most likely have um, or have or have an ability to apply for a second citizenship without knowing. Um, and that is something that we called citizenship by descent. So if you have ancestors mm. uh, coming from different countries in the world, like notably uh, Europe, um, you know, obviously kind of subject to different conditions, but you might be able to apply for a very you know, good quality passport uh, from uh, from some of the EU or European countries in general or some other countries. Um, so this is by far the most affordable option. The only thing is mm -hmm. that you really need to go through hassle of finding all the documents and really uh -huh. being able to demonstrate it. Um, mm -hmm. But um, in general, um, yeah, it takes a couple of years to go through different procedures, uh, but a lot of people are eligible for, for that. So, uh, and a lot of people do not even know. So what we would always advise for people that might be thinking about second passport or second residence or thinking about relocating and how, how they can do that, it's again, not easy but um, the, mm -hmm. probably the most cost-effective solution, right? Um, if you have an ancestors that are um, that are, are coming from any other country, you can be looking into, um, you know, whether you are eligible. Um, and you would be surprised that there is a lot of people who can easily, very easily obtain amazing passports, um, yeah. you know, without you know, just so putting, basically... putting some time. This is this is so interesting because I mean pretty much every American, you know, comes from Europe, right? Or, you know, somewhere American is country of immigrants, right? Basically you need to just prove the 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 lineage and you have some some documents to say, yeah, my ancestors, my great great grandfather, grandmother was born here or mm -hmm. oh okay. Yeah, so I guess uh, people can check out this website for themselves. Yeah, definitely, an and we can provide right that service. But uh, so, what it does not work is a DNA test. We see, um, you know, like messages. People are like, I did a DNA test, and it shows me that I'm, I don't know, thirty percent this nationality and twenty percent that nationality. That doesn't work. So. Uh, what we usually explain to our clients is that there is a difference between uh, being eligible and being able to demonstrate. Um, yeah, I was looking at the citizenship uh, by descent, and that looks very interesting because some folks, their grandparents 
or parents, and at very least, great, great grandparents, all of us Americans, we came from, right, we're all immigrants. And so it's pretty much you need to look for their birth certificates, right? That's what I saw on the, the application. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you basically need to look through all the documents that demonstrate that they were citizens. So in some cases, if you have their birth certificate, maybe citizenship certificates or passports, that's amazing, right? Um, there, in most of the countries, there is one very important role, which is demonstrating that no one in between, so you and your ancestor that you are applying for from, um, renounced voluntarily renounced citizenship. So it's usually looked in the way that whether in a country uh, dual citizenship was allowed. So in the U.S. it was, but not all European countries. Um, so sometimes, um, you know, we need to go back and look, okay, we might have, let's say, birth certificate from your, uh, let's say, great-grandfather or grandparents, but we need to see when they naturalize, when they obtain U.S. citizenship, and whether your parent or grandparent was born before and after. So there is a bit of nuances there. Um, and um, obviously in, in some countries, there are kind of very specific rules up until which generation you can apply. Um, so a country would allow you to, let's say, uh, apply only if your parent uh, was a citizen of that country. Uh, but there is also a way to hack that, right? Um, let's say Germany. Germany allows you only through parents. Um, so if your grandparents or one of your grandparents was was a German citizen and they, um, you know, they came to the U.S., so technically by just looking at the law, you cannot apply. But a person that can apply is one of your parents, right? Parents and once your parents apply, then you can apply, right? So that's also what is important. A lot of people can be discouraged just by simply looking at, um, okay, you know, I have a relevant ancestor that does not fit um, these boxes. Um, but what we can do is then, okay, it might take more time, definitely, because we are waiting for your parents to get it and then you, <laughs> but it, it is definitely worth it. Um, obviously, the downside of, of, of this is, well, there, there are not many downsides, uh, but it's just this kind of, it, it is very time consuming that you actually find all of those documents because, um, you know, sometimes birth certificates are also important, but they will ask for, as I said, naturalization. Um, you know, we had a, cases where um, some of those documents were lost, uh, where, you know, especially in Europe, like churches were burnt, uh, were, were destroyed, archives were destroyed during wars. So not all the documents are available. And in those cases, what we would do is basically uh, track like ship records when someone left and which ship they came to the U.S. Then basically <clears throat> backtrack everything. So it is time ex uh, exhausting just because you need to dig through all of those documents. There is a lot of no, uh, like if you call, call I don't know, any any European country in, in any village trying to get like baptism certificate, you'll usually get no as an answer. They don't want to be bothered by that, but then you need to, you know, 
uh, push, 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 and eventually get it. So, but it's also a very interesting process because uh, when we did it for a lot of our clients, they really um, kind of discover a part of their family or their history that they were not even aware of. So and this is the whole journey, how someone came from, we took Europe as an example, but a lot of other countries, um, you know, how they came uh, to the U.S., what they went through, what was their hometown. So it, it is also kind of, let's say a bit of an emotional experience finding out all of yeah. those uh, details about about a family that in most of the cases yeah. people don't know. My my sister mm -hmm. did the uh, the ancestry or first she did the DNA test and then that connects to ancestry or whatever. And then it's like, oh, boom, UK, London. Like I know that as of last year. And so for the for the UK, for example, is it parents only or do you know? For UK, if I'm not mistaken, it is through grandparents. But again, DNA uh, test is not a proof of anything. Like you cannot use that as a uh, as demonstration that you should claim your citizenship. Yeah, that's I guess that's a starting point, and then you can use the sites like Ancestry, uh, where they at least starting, okay, let's look back. Like if I have no idea, I'm an American guy, I have no idea. Okay, first let's look back. And then you can actually see names, it's very interesting. And then you can trace documents from there. Sure. Um, like some people may not even know. What about for Ireland, do you know? If it's parents, grandparents? Ireland is grandparents, but there are some exemptions where you can apply through great grandparents. Uh, they're allowing in some cases. Again, you, you know, if your parent applies, um, you know, you can basically push it one generation back. Push it one. Okay. Oh. Or if if oh. your if your grandparents are, uh, for your relevant grandparent is alive, they can also apply. Your parents can your relevant parents can apply, and you can apply. In which case, you're yeah. going to great grandparents. So. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at great great. Uh, yeah, family's been in America pretty. But I'm just thinking about my mom's side, for example. Like I haven't even done the DNA, like whole trace on my dad's <laughs> side. So now you have, when you're talking about great, 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 you have like 16 of them. <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot of places to look. It could be many countries. Uh, yeah, but for, you, you mentioned Ireland great grandparents. In this case, your your mom will need to apply first. Yeah, no, no, I'm great, great grandparents would be potentially living in from Ireland. Mm -hmm. So we, I got okay. to push it back at least one or two. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah it, it, it's a very interesting journey. I think, uh, you know, in some cases, again, you, you might get the answer, obviously that you're not eligible, um, depending on the documents or they might ask for some documents that you cannot obtain. Uh, but in any case, it's kind of very interesting just journey to, to trace it back and see, um, see yeah. what you can get. Um, and also some countries do have like ancestral visa, uh, like residence program UK has it where basically they say, yeah, look, your, your lineage is too far. <clears throat> we cannot grant you citizenship, but we will give you a residence permit and you can, you know, stay in the UK if you want and. You don't have to, but this is, you know, kind of get as a substitute because lineage is too far. 
Gotcha. If I were to choose Ireland or UK in terms of passport, overall best passport, which one would you tell me to choose? Uh, well, probably, it would probably be Ireland. Hmm. Good. That's what I was thinking too. I'm going to apply here on the website. And if you're listening this far, definitely subscribe to the podcast, like the video. If you got some value, please leave a comment. Follow Nomad Capitalists, check them out, their website. You can check out the application on their website where you can, um, I'm doing it right now. Just <laughs> click on uh, services and then citizenship by descent. Yeah, we also have a YouTube channel where we're speaking a lo about a lot of this, a lot of these things. So you may get a lot of uh, kind of free information there also. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to, to share with everyone? Um, you know, tips or, or specific uh, specific services that you offer, you know, nowadays that you think might be might be useful? Sure. So what we're doing is pretty much uh looking through the situations uh of our clients very from a kind of very holistic element as a side like um whether you're deciding to do certain things because of lifestyle or taxes um there is it's not always easy simply as you know just put your suitcases in a plane and move right there is a lot of aspects that you should be looked into like especially if you're a business owner like where your business is can you trigger certain um you know rules like permanent establishment rules in certain countries that will make your company be taxed there um and a lot of different things um are part of it um obviously for for people that are looking into uh, uh, obtaining a second residence or citizenship, uh, kind of having increasing their mobile, global mobility. Um, you know, we're looking into what are the best ways. And as I said, um, you know, kind of first, first instinct for most of the people is they heard that certain countries, you know, so-called sell their passports, right? And you're just immediately thinking, Oh, I need to buy one of that. I might not be, you know, I, I'm not, not be dedicated to um, to give um, that amount of money to this. But there are different ways, right? So citizenship by descent is one of those, and I strongly encourage everyone who who has that opportunity um, to pursue uh, to pursue that. Again, it might be a more, um, you know time time consuming but it's definitely worth it at the end um obviously it might be uh, you can get a citizenship through through naturalization in some countries um you know there are countries that are very straightforward when it comes to immigration like the only thing you need is to uh pretty much demonstrate that you earn some money abroad those are usually not big sums and you're you know in you get residence you can get citizenship a couple of years down the road if you spend some time uh on the other side there are those as we mentioned european union countries that you do require larger investment but mm -hmm. it's not the only option right like we're looking portugal does have an option we spoke about portugal where it is you know half a million slightly less than some programs, but let's say half a million euros um, in investment. But you also can get Portuguese residents uh, with um, demonstrating that you have like 
eight and um, eight thousand dollars, uh, eight thousand euros uh, annual income, right? Which um, you know many people do uh, qualify for. Um, so there are different ways, and uh, I will repeat what I said. It's not only for you know ultra high net worth individuals it's not only for people who have to give millions and millions on certain passports um or you know hire tens of thousands of people um what i really liked what this let's say post pandemic time brought us is that uh, more and more countries are realizing the value of uh, digital nomads and more and more countries are opening the doors to them. So giving them different types of visas, allowing them to pursue citizenship a couple of years down the road. So uh, that is um, obviously very important aspect and w w why I said it depends on your goals and whether you want to invest time, whether you want to invest money um, in order to, to pursue a citizenship. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, there you go, guys. Overall, be aware <laughs> of your options. There are things you can do to optimize your life, lifestyle design, and yeah, build, build your optimal situation for you and your goals so check out the youtube channel it looks super awesome Six hundred thirty-two thousand subscribers tons of videos and so you guys can check that out link will be below or just search nomad capitalist on youtube and so yovana thanks for the your time and all the knowledge that was really interesting stuff thank you it was great speaking with you